You never know what may happen when you answer a simple question posted on a Facebook group or who might have posted the question. That is the case with this episode's guest, Krista DeGloria. She's the moderator for the Facebook group Board Game Revolution Community. I simply answered her question about tile-laying games that I like, and we struck up a conversation from there. Turns out we have a lot in common, like we both have significant others that think we might have too many board games? No, we just don't have enough shelf space. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Adam Collins, and with me today is a face group moderator for the group Board Game Revolution Committee, Krista DeGloria. Krista, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Trying to figure out um, how hot hot is and when we're finally going to be done with the heat, but I think we're just just stepping into the 100 plus for a little while. Yeah, it's uh, it was hot here today, upper 90s, so I'm with you. <laughs> It's always good when you can walk outside and your clothes just stick to you right away. Uh, you could call it good. I call it <laughs> terrible, but yeah. <laughs> Unless you live in the Pacific Northwest, which, you know, I'm not. Uh, I think that's pretty much just summer lately. Pretty much, yep. So what do you do for the gaming community? So I am a moderator on, as you mentioned, the um, Board Game Revolution community um, Facebook group. Um, I'm technically the community engagement leader, so my job is to kind of come up with thematic weeks, um, try to find ways to engage our community, talk a little bit about contests, um, just get people talking about board gaming, make everybody feel kind of welcome. In my own board gaming community, I am typically the researcher of the games and the teacher. That's usually (laughs) what I do. Well, that is a very important position. (laughs) We all know that you need someone good to teach you your games or no one's going to want to play. So that's usually my job. Hey, you know what? It's also important to do the research and find the right games for the right group. You know your group, so you don't want to pick a game that they're not going to like. Yeah, I think that we've all gone through that. We've found this game. Oh, this looks interesting. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to spend my $60 on it. And then you bring it to the table. Nobody likes it. So I would rather buy a game that everyone's going to play. Even if it's not going to be my personal favorite, but as long as everyone's going to get along and play. No, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, my my gaming group that I game uh, with most right now due to COVID and uh, not having my usual gaming groups, they're really, really big on these heavy engine builders. And it's just, that's just not my, not my, my not my game. And part of it is they've been playing these forever. And so they know the game. So to them, it's about building the engine as fast and as efficiently as possible. For me, it's like, what am I, what am I doing? I, it's just figuring out the rules. Do I, do I want to put, oh, don't put that there. Oh my gosh, that would be terrible. Like, yeah, 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 obviously, obviously. Does this go anywhere? Does it just go back <laughs> to play? Um, and, but, you know, there are also a good group of guys, though, that I can bring random games that i'm play testing for other people my you know and they'll give anything a whirl but man those heavy engine building games I just discovered those aren't my <laughs> those aren't my thing 
Yeah, there's certain types of games I don't really like either. I won't play a lot of like area control, area majority kind of stuff, dudes on a map, things like that. I won't <laughs> play those kinds of games. But I figured out that whatever's going to make my partner happy, because I do the majority of my game playing at two, that's what we're going to buy. That's what we're going to play. So that tends to be kind of like light to medium tile, tile laying kind of games, puzzly games, abstracts, things like that. Yeah. So yeah, I game a lot at two. I have a 10 year old. He's my number one opponent. And uh, so, yeah, I, I pick a lot of games based on whether or not he can play it. Obviously, he's got a weird dad, so he's been playing games for a long time. <laughs> um, so he plays well above 10-year-old. But I've also discovered anything that's chess-related. Anything that can be related to chess, I don't see a chance. <laughs> um, so we get these weird games. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I start playing. I'm like, oh, this is just a, a variation of chess. And he just just wipes the board with me. So yeah. Santorini. Oh. Tack. I love, I, love, <laughs> I love Santorini. And we have to play with the God, the God card so that I have at least a chance. The special yeah. power gives me just that little bit of hope that I can <laughs> I can pull this game off. Listen, we all have those games that, I mean, I don't know about you. I track my, we track our win percentages and there's always like certain games that I'm like, if I need a win, if I've gone on a losing streak, I'm picking that game because I know I'm going to win. <laughs> yeah, we, we track ours um, using the BG Stats app on our phone. Yeah, me too. Yep, it's it's a great use of uh, money and time. And, uh, but it does, it does, it does in- make some interesting um, things. When you look back on it. Like, we play a lot of the uh, Ticket to Ride, the cities. So you have, like, the London, New York, and Amsterdam. They all, like, Amsterdam by far is, like, 10 points lower average than the other two. Wow. I, and it's like, but why is that interesting? I don't know why it's interesting. It just is. And it's and in my phone, my app tells me that. So I'm like, hey, it's interesting. I, know, I, I love those insights. I love all the, like, detailed yeah. things that you can see from it. I'm such a nerd for that stuff. Like, you know, some people are just like, we play board games. And I'm like, I put my collection into an app and <laughs> check it all the time to see how many, <laughs> how many times we're playing each game. Oh yeah. Yeah. What is your number one played game? You know? Um, I, it, I, my number one played game is a game called Qless, which I play separately. I play solo. It's a Scrabble based dice game. There's 11 dice. You roll them and then you have to put them together like Scrabble um, to make words. Um, and I play that by myself, but Games that I play together with other people. Uh, let's see what my highest played game of all time is. I think Mine. I know what it is. It's Calico. <laughs> yeah. It's Calico with 47 <laughs> plays. and w- Which is crazy because like I have games that I've had in my collection for much longer than Calico that I used to play a lot. That it's just like that's our go-to game now. So whenever it's like we're chilling and we just want a game after, you know, after work or after dinner – um, that's what we're going to play. So I think I got it in like late 2019. Um, and we've played it 47 times. <laughs> so. Well, what's funny is I didn't get the app until years into gaming and I haven't played as much Catan as I used to play, which let me step back. How do you say it? The, the settlers of Catan. Catan. Okay. Yeah. I, I hope it's I the right way. I see your shirt. I see the shirt that you're wearing. I know the podcast listeners can't see it, but I do. Yeah. And uh, I clearly, I knew you had a very strong opinion on this. Well, I hope I didn't sway you in any way. To, to no, that's it. definitely how I say it. I can't imagine saying it. I assume people say Catan. Catan. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Now, I've had a few people on from England who say Catan, and, you know, I'm debating whether or not that, I mean, that, that's correct with an accent, so that's what I tell them, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the, di- the dialect is yeah. the dialect from our friends across the pond, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, my number one game would be Catan and Carcassonne and King of Tokyo would be by far up in the hundreds each, even Seven Wonders, but when I started tracking in my phone, um, those games are kind of on their decline. And so my number one game is actually a two-player game called Cock and Bull. It is a bar game <laughs> that my son and I have played 49 times. <laughs> nice. Not at it the is. bar, I presume. I hope no. the 10-year-old's not going to the bar. <laughs> not yet. Uh, yeah, then it was then it's Millborn, which is a game that just shot straight up the 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 list like you're saying you, you find a game you get in a groove and when you can't stop playing a game it'll climb that ladder real fast on you definitely yeah absolutely calico was fun i've only played it once um so it's been a no i don't even know now what's time anymore right what is time yeah <laughs> the so, pandemic yeah. i think did that to us so. yeah it was definitely pre-pandemic when i played it which would have been you know late 2019 probably that's when it came out yeah yeah that was probably when i played it was when the game shop got it or something or the the game that i went to was like hey just try this new game i'm like okay and then i haven't played it since so how long have you been gaming how did you get into gaming so I played Magic the Gathering when I was in college, uh, very poorly. Uh, I would assume that we are like the worst possible players, but we had a good time with it, um, which would have been in like 2012-ish. And then we played some Catan, we played some Dominion right around that time. And I was like, I liked it and I was interested in it, but not enough to just, you know, I was just out of college. I was getting my career going. I was like very worried about like what my future was going to be. I wasn't focusing on hobbies. And then I was in Target and I walked by and I saw Seven Wonders Duel on like an end cap. And I teach ancient Civ. So I immediately was like, oh, that's interesting. I love ancient Civ, you know? So I was like, it's a two-player game. Never heard of it. And went home, played it with my partner at the time, different from my partner now. And um, I I won. Uh, She threw the board across the room. And I was immediately like, I need to do more research on games like this. And I found (laughs) out there was like a a subreddit for it on Reddit and that there was this whole world of games that I did not know existed. I'm sure so many people have said that, you know, before, how how many Mm -hmm. people have heard this. And at the same time, one of my closest friends from college, separately from me, was getting into board games with her boyfriend. It just happened to happen to us at the same time. And we were like, okay, there's our gaming group. So for a while it was the three of us. And then I started dating my partner, now my fiance. And now it's like the four of us. And it just, I don't know, it's filed from there. I mean, Bloomhaven was my first Kickstarter back. I, I skipped beginner games altogether. Like I skipped Carcassonne. <laughs> I've never played Ticket to Ride. Like I've played Catan like three times. I just went right into like, I'm going to buy Gloomhaven and I'm going to play heavy games. <laughs> like year one. Yeah. Gloomhaven is definitely not the uh, the beginner game. Um. I I just, I don't know. I must've read about it on Reddit. And then I was like, hmm, what's this? And I found... Um, Richard Ham Rado on YouTube doing a playthrough of it and started watching like all of his stuff and being like, wow, like there's so many good games out there. And I didn't really know at the time, like what I wanted to play. So a lot of games that I bought 
that I never really got into. And now I know better of what I like, but yeah, Gloomhaven, because I liked the idea of like, you know, a dungeon crawl, um, which I played a little bit, but again, not as much as I thought that I would, because I learned different styles of games that are better for me. So are you active on Kickstarter? Um, so I, I started kickstarting right away in like 2017, 2018 (laughs) when I got into it. Um, and made a lot of misses. And then I kind of hit my stride knowing what I was looking for. And I, I get some things in and I have recently in the last year gotten a lot of things in, but I'm actually kind of slowing down, um, which is the price, the price of games and shipping. Um, it's just cheaper to buy it elsewhere. I hate to say that, but when money's tight, um, you know, I'm saving for a wedding and, you know, we're, you know, living in a house and all that stuff. It's kind of, you have to make choices. And for me, I, I'll just buy a game that's out there on retail that I know that, you know, is easily available and there's good reviews out there from it and they're, you know, legit. So. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Uh, I kickstarted, um, I want to say 17 or it was the first year I kickstarted and then I didn't do a whole lot. And then I kind of got really rolling in it and, and now I can't stop doing it. And I've stopped pretty good the last couple months, um, but I got backing in a lot of the PNP stuff mm. because of the pandemic and people are putting up like a $1 print and play and yeah. you get done the make, then they make an insanely stupid amount of money, like $20,000 print and play. And I'm like, this dude has no overhead. Like he emails me a file, like there's no shipping. There's no, you know, that guy, more power to him. Um, but I was getting a lot of those, like one sheet, two sheet, whatever, print and plays, and uh, really just kind of enjoying those for two, three bucks at a shot. So, yeah, now a lot of the ones, like you said, that you backed a while ago are starting to show up now, you know, because the, the shipping kind of unjammed and everything. And uh, last week, I think it was, I had three days in a row where one showed up, and I'm like, Honey, these are, I backed these a long time ago. I have the same conversation with my my fiance. I'm like, I swear I didn't buy these now. I was like, I purchased these so long ago. The big box of games that are coming in tomorrow, I did just buy. But the singular (laughs) game that just came in, that was kickstarted months ago. Yeah, Uh, no, no, the big box tomorrow, you won't see it. It it, it does not, this is not the box of games you're looking for. Uh, and there's there's so many games on Kickstarter now that like like I was really interested in Septima because I think like Mind Clash games is awesome. Like I think I played Anachrony, like it's so good. But I look at the price and I'm like, I know this is gonna be cheaper at retail and I don't wanna wait 18 months for it to come in. And it's just when you need money now and you don't want to put up the money now, it's it's a hard sell for me right now. And I feel bad because I think there's I'm more likely to back a small company that I know yeah. it's not gonna go to retail or I know that it's not, you know, they need the money. But for bigger companies, um, at this point, I'll just wait for it to come to retail. Yeah, I don't back CMON stuff. They don't need my yeah. money. Uh, there's a lot. Like, I, I don't back a lot of those big companies. They don't need yeah, my just, money. No. I'd rather spend my money on, you know, Jim Bob in North Dakota, who's got an idea for a game and... Yeah, I mean, this this Q-list game that I found on TikTok is this old sweet man who who gets the dice and puts them in the tins himself and ships them from his house in Tennessee. Like, it's just the cutest little thing. I, I don't know. Like, that's cute to me. I'll support you directly, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, yeah, well, I had uh, Chris Pinder on. He did. He does the game of real life, 
which he makes himself mounts on you know his own the own you know hand mounts them and everything on boards and stuff i bought the uh, shipping tube version which literally came in a shipping tube with a sticker that says the game of real life and you open it up and you know, you pull out the, the, the boards there, print it on a real nice glossy uh, piece of paper, and it's all hand-packed and everything, and it's like, okay, here we go, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and he sells them at, like, uh, farmer's markets and craft fairs and stuff out in, I'm going to get it wrong, but he's either in Washington or uh, Oregon, one of the two out there on the East Coast or West Coast. A lot of people go to farmer's markets there, so he's probably doing a really good business. Oh, yeah, it's- yeah. I started selling mine at the farmer's market here and I've had pretty good, <laughs> I've had pretty decent success. Um, yeah. So you can't go wrong. Uh, so if I'm, tra- where are you living right now? You're on the I East live in, Coast. I live on the East Coast. Yeah. I live a little bit north of Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. All right. So if I traveled out there and I came over, what game are you currently playing? What, what's your go, what's your game right now? Well. Other than Calico. Yeah, so Calico is like, you're always going to see Calico on the table. Um, We recently got, um, very recently, as in this week, big box of games came in um, with veggies. Who knew Um, that box was coming? uh, uh, Not me, certainly. I didn't know one of them. (laughs) It shocked me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This game called Veggies, it's just like a card patchwork game um, where you're like, you know, overlaying, kind of like Circle the Wagons by, Uh um, yeah, I forget the uh, button shy. Yeah. and we love little things like that because we love to play in breweries. We love to play like at restaurants. Um, so we played we played that. Um, we've had Rolling Realms by Stonemeyer Games on the table consistently um, and Arc Nova. It, we don't play heavy games very often. Um, really, really hard to get to the table time wise. But Arc Nova is phenomenal. Exactly what I'm looking for in like a heavy game. Um, and we can play in under two hours for two two people, which I guess is pretty good. They're saying it's supposed to be about an hour per player, and we're we're in about an hour and forty five minutes. So, yeah, Arc Nova, I want to play it. Um, I missed it when it was at Geekway because everybody kept having it checked out at the convention, and I didn't get a chance to play it. But yeah, that one hour per player, that's just that's a lot. Um, I usually play typically games that take an hour. So 90 minutes, like, I, yeah, no problem with a 90 minute game, but yeah, oof. we're typically like 30 minutes. Like we'll play 30 minute or less games. That's like typical for us. Um, but like once a month we'll play Ark Nova. Is it worth the cost? Probably not. But again, like <laughs> FOMO is real and everybody said the game was really good and I liked the theme. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, let's give it a try. And I was really surprised that my partner liked it because heavy games are not her forte. She doesn't like rules overhead. If she, if she, you're losing her on the rules, she doesn't want to play. Um, so we watched a video and then I sat and taught it to her. Um, and she, she actually really, really liked it. So yeah, um, that, there's was, a, that was nice. There's a huge market for uh, videos. And um, I would I say, it. I would say when I, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say like, I, I will hear about a game, do a little bit of research and then I'll watch a video. And you, if the guy does a, or gal does a good video, you can get a good feel for the game. You can really make a good educated decision whether or not this is going to be a game that you're going to like. I'm big on that. I, you know, I know some people value the, you know, reviewers and things like that. I don't care about a reviewer's opinion of a game because I don't know whether your opinions line up with my preferences. So I want to watch a playthrough. So any channel that actually plays through minimum one turn or more, one round of a game, I'm going to watch that because 
that's going to tell me whether or not I'm going to enjoy the mechanics and it's going to teach me how to play the game, like the beginnings of how to set up and play the game. And then I can look through the rule book and I can teach myself and teach others. Um, so like, I love Rado. I love before you play. Um, there's a bunch of them out there now. They're finally, I finally feel like more playthrough videos coming out. Whereas in the early days of YouTube, I felt like it was a lot more like dice tower ish kind of stuff where it was just someone being like, this is a good game. Okay. But like, how does it play? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or is it good because you like it, you know, or is it good because, you know, do I, like you said, do your opinions align with mine? Um, I, I do like a lot of the the Dice Tower. A couple years ago, they did like 10 games better than. What mm-hmm. a great series of videos. Um, you know, 10 games better than Monopoly. And it's like all these games, are, if you like Monopoly, you might like this these games. And I'm like, I have a lot of those, but I don't have that one. Oh, well, let's see how much that is on eBay real quick. Um, which that game will be here next week. I, it'll just, it's <laughs> going to show up. I'm not going to know anything about it. Like, you kickstarted it. You, it was <laughs> a pre-order. <laughs> yeah. from, from 1990? Shh. Don't look at the I think I think that's great. I love those things. That's why I like watching like um, like lists of games because I'll do my own research, but I love, that's where I hear about games. I'll make lists on my phone. And then every couple of months, I go through the list on my phone <laughs> and start saying, okay, what do I actually want to buy? What do I not interested in? Well, that's it's funny because that's how um, I don't say we met, but how we started interacting was you just post put up on your Facebook page like, "What's your favorite tile laying game?" And I'm like, you know, everybody's listening like Carcassonne and stuff like that, and I'm like, "Well, I really like Alhambra," which I think Alhambra being the tile laying game where you can't rotate the tile. That to me is why I, I mean I love that game. Because you have the walking rule, right? But you can't rotate the tile. So then you buy it and then you're like, oh man, these these walls don't go the way I need them to go. And you know, it, well, it looked different when it was on the page, you know, laying out there. And uh, we had people when we would play it at work who would build his his Alhambra in the direction that the tiles were sitting on the board so that he could just take it and put it so he didn't have to rotate it in his mind because he just couldn't do it. And uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And then I was like, and then of course I mentioned Fences, which is, you know, bearded board games. That's my company and that's our game. And it's just a fun little tile lane game about farming and trying to fence in animals. And then you and I talked for a little bit and I'm like, hey, want to do my podcast? Like, I haven't had a Facebook moderator before. Might as well, you know? Yeah. And thank you for having me. It's so oh, it's... exciting. <laughs> I love talking about games. It's great. Well, that was, um... that was the other thing that made me laugh. You're like, you know, you're like me, like well, my partner will be happy. I'm talking to somebody else about board games. And I'm like, hey, my wife's happy. I have a podcast. So she doesn't to hear about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll buy games and I'll be like, and this one and this one. And she'll be like, I know, but you're going to tell me about it when we play. So maybe maybe don't give me the rundown of the 10 games you just spent $300 on. <laughs> but I always say, you know, I could be addicted to something so much worse. You know, uh, collecting is part of the draw for me, for sure. Like I've realized that about myself. I like to collect as well. Um, I have to tell you, I've never played Alhambra and clearly I have to, I've heard of it. Um, didn't know it was a tile laying game. Clearly need to put it on my oh, very important man. research list. Yeah. So Alhambra, when I really got into board gaming, I started watching Will Wheaton's tabletop. And so I was already familiar. He's like, there's the three pillars, four pillars of German gaming. You have Carcassonne, Ticket to Ride, 
Catan, and Alhambra. And I'd had the other three, and I'm like, what the heck's Alhambra? So I watched the, the, the whole playthrough of Alhambra, and I'm like, oh, I want this game. And then Amazon had, like, the big box. So I'm also, I'm a collector, and I love expansions. And so when they had the big box, which was, like, one through five expansions, on sale for, like, 50 bucks. I'm like, I'm all in on it. Um, oh, yeah. And then we got it and started playing at the office. And people in the office started, like, buying up their own copies. Because it, it's just, it is a solid, solid tile laying game. With the, the score mechanics completely different than anything, you like, before it. And uh, it's just, there's something about, you know, having, you have to have the right color money. And you have to have the right, you know, and then whoever goes first and it could screw you because you know you want this but now it's gone because it wasn't your turn and i'm telling you it's there that's that's a good one alhambra is a solid game um i'm definitely gonna have to check it out sounds interesting i love tile lane games you're, so. you're, you're like what only like a 12 hour drive 14 hour drive <laughs> just okay. gonna show up and alhambra will be on the table there we go i can make that happen i don't know where it is probably downstairs i'm upstairs but yeah alhambra definitely give that one a shot but that's how i did a lot of research early on i uh, was watching all those old um games on tabletop and a lot of them i'd watch be like nope that's not my kind of game i don't have that you know i'm up four hours to play a game man i'm lucky if i get 30 minutes yeah four hours is i'm never i'm never gonna play twilight imperium or anything like that <laughs> I would That's love to play. Me. I would love to play Twilight Imperium one time, one time. I just want to play it, and then I'll be done. It'll be like you know what, three days later, and I'll be like, well, yeah. crawl out of that house and be like, all right, I'm done. Ten out, uh, ten hours later, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, clear a weekend for it. Uh, so you are a teacher in your day job. Um, I sure am. Do you uh, play any games with your other teacher friends at uh, in the teachers' lounge? Honestly, we don't. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you, and any other teacher will tell you, there's really no time to do that. <laughs> um, my lunch is 30 minutes, but by the time I've gone to the bathroom, heat up my lunch, walked my kids down to lunch, and then I have to pick them up, my lunch is like maybe 22 minutes, um, and I have to eat. So um, some of my friends at work do game. Um, like I met a couple of kids, you know, guys, and and, and, a, and a girl at work that will play games with us typically at my house. Um but that's out after work hours. Um, during work hours, I'm, you know, during lunch, I'm just like trying to get 10 minutes of silence before the screaming recommences. Um, <laughs> I wish that I had to, I honestly wish that our lunches were longer. Um, yeah. Because it, that's a nice relaxing thing, especially like small, small games. You can definitely get a small game of something in 10, 15 minutes. But um, the time constraints, unfortunately, don't work. No. My, my buddy's a uh, history teacher. Uh, he lives outside Chicago. And uh, we play during the school year. We'll play once or twice a week if we can clear a day where he's, his lunch hour is open. Then we'll, we'll try to sneak in a roll and write real quick. Something we can knock out, in 30, knock out in 30 minutes or so. That's doable. And the fact that he gets an hour for lunch is really, really nice. <laughs> I th it's more like a 40-minute one, I think, is what he gets. Yeah. Is so... Yeah. Um, we had to log, I log in at noon over zoom and we have till 1230. So he's yeah. eating, I'm eating, 
I'm rolling my dice. He's rolling his dice. And, you know, we play a lot of the uh, the Clever series by Wolfgang Kramer. Uh, yeah, that's Genshin pretty clever. Clever, really, yep. really good. Yep, yeah. that exactly. So we play a lot of that, Quicks and Quinto and stuff like that. So we can do it real quick and be like, Okay, I left you a, a yellow one, an orange two, and a purple three. And then you, like, write it down, and then then you're taking your dice and rolling them and stuff. So that's how we get through it. That's fun. So if you were able to play for 30 minutes, what's your go-to 30-minute game? Well, I'm not going to say Calico again, because I've already said it. But uh, <laughs> uh, Cascadia is another one. I know that's kind of a new one, also a tile layer. Um, Ooh, yeah, that's fun. We like... We like um, Nova Luna. Um, oh, forgetting about who it's by, of course, the, the maker of A Feast for Odin. But I, oh, Rosenberg, uh, Uve. Um, it's a lesser known title of his. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, it has a little rondelle mechanism to it, and you are drafting different color tiles to meet the requirements on the tile, and you have to get rid of um, 20 of your discs, scoring discs, um, by meeting requirements. Um, we really like puzzly stuff like that. Um, those ones I think are kind of the games that we're most likely to pull out. Roland Wrights are also really popular. Trails of Tucana we really oh, like recently. That's a good um, one too. I, I like that Ro- one. Rolling Realms I already mentioned. Yeah. Just, um, Welcome to, we play Welcome oh, to a lot. Um, I finally got around to playing really that. It's, it's good. And yeah, one of my best friends, he's like, you got to play this game. And then I finally, it was on sale somewhere. I bought it like two or three of the uh, expansions. They all yeah. showed up in a. Now that wasn't a very big box because the game's pretty small. But it is. It, it is a tiny game. <laughs> but it showed up, and it. I mean, it probably sat around for months before I, I learned how to play it. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, why did this game sit around for months? This game is amazing. Um, I really enjoyed that one. Cascadia's one I just picked. Uh, I just played Geekway for the first time, and man. That is a thinker. That is a great, like you said, puzzly game. That there's a lot going on there. Like, do I want the bear? Do I take the bear? Or do I take? But I really need that tile. But I need this token, and I don't have the ability to take one of each right now. Yeah. So that's stupid. <laughs> I just love games that are very simple but crunchy underneath. Like, yep. I want my rules overhead very small, but my decision making space and my crunchiness level high. Um, any type of game that's going to do that, even if it like Cascadia, you know, is kind of similar to Calico in a lot of ways, like it plays yep. kind of similarly. I don't care. I will play both of those. I've actually almost bought Overboss, even though Overboss and Cascadia do almost the exact same thing. It's almost the same exact game. <laughs> it's just different thematically. I haven't bought it, but I've considered it. <laughs> you know, your partner just wrote that down. Look for Overboss <laughs> to hit the shelf after I come home. Um, yeah, so that, that brings up a funny story. Like I would buy games and ship them to work and then bring them home. And then my, my son would see them on the shelf. Like, Hey, when'd you get this game, dad, man, buddy, (laughs) man, come on, dude, be quiet. Let me get through this, man. So if you were playing a full hour, a 60 minute game, um, we're probably going to play two 30 minutes back to back, but if we have to play one game in 60 minutes, we'll play like a wingspan, like an Everdell, you know, type game. If I'm playing solo, which I do, I do occasionally, I'll play a feast for Odin, which is my favorite game of all time. Um, can't play that in, in an hour with two people. I can't, we can't. You can get it in an hour by yourself. I'm impressed. 
Yeah, definitely. I can do it in about 45 minutes. That's a that's a great game. But yeah, I mean, recently we've got most of the games that I buy now are games that I think can be done in 30 to 45 minutes. I just don't have a lot of those. Like something like Terraforming Mars at two players for us, we could probably do in an hour. I know that my friends play Terraforming Mars a lot and their games last two hours because they don't understand that the game is a race to the end. Well, that that's one of the games that I told you at the beginning with like the engine building. Like I've never really grasped what the hell I'm doing in Terraforming Mars. All I know is I'm losing and I just want the game to be over so that yeah. I, we can do something else. But I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, I just keep trying to get like the temperature up or the, the uh, yes. oxygen level up just because I know the game will end faster that way. But Well, you're supposed to. Like a good player, I think, can if someone is trying to elongate the game to get a higher score, which is what my two friends do constantly – I think that they could be beaten by somebody who could quickly make the end of the game come, but I'm not skilled enough as a player in that game <laughs> to do it. <laughs> you know, I know how to play and I know the mechanics of the game, but Terraforming Mars is like in my top five most played games, but most of those games are solo because I played Terraforming Mars solo a lot when I first started gaming because I couldn't get anybody to play it with me because it's a heavier game with a lot of decisions. It's, I just don't under, like, I understand the theme. I don't understand the mechanics. And I don't, like, if I could just figure out how to make things work together in that game, I feel like I'd really like it. But it's, it's stepping beyond that. Like, that would be like the limit of my, you know, my it's, game. It's definitely a game where the more you play, the easier it is because you know the cards. So well, once that, you know yes. the cards that are going to come, you know how to build on them. And Ark Nova is kind of like that too. Ark Nova and Terraforming Mars are similar in that way, um, where like the more you know the cards, the more that the game comes to you because you know I can play this kind of strategy. So earlier you mentioned Button Shy Games, which is one of my favorite companies out there. What is your favorite button shy game? Now, I, I apologize. That was not on my list of, of questions I sent you ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like Food Chain Island because I play solo. Those those type, those wallet games, I play solo um, often. Um, I also like Sprawlopolis. I have a uh, couple others. Um, I have Skulls of Sedlick that, that I know doesn't play just solo. Um, it does. But I want to learn. Does. It, yeah. I, it plays two-player as well, though. I, like, it's not yeah. just a solo game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've only played it solo once because my son and I will play it all the time with all the expansions and adding I have, the different skulls. Oh. Yeah, I, I backed it on Kickstarter, actually, um, when it came out with the expansions. And so I have those. I just got them recently. I want to learn that one. And um, oh, yeah. I actually just pulled out Circle the Wagons because we've oh. been playing these card-patching games, you know, similar to Veggies, which I was talking about before. So... I want to try that one because we like Rondell kind of. It has a little bit of a Rondell feature in it, I guess. So um, I pulled that out to learn how to play that. Maybe we'll play that tomorrow after dinner um, <sighs> if we have time. Well, it said like is a lot of fun. I've heard great things about it. Oh, I, every man. single time they do a Kickstarter, every single time they release a game, I'm like, oh, that looks cool. And then I regret not backing it. Like Rove <laughs> recently came out. And now I'm like, Rove looks awesome. Same designer as uh, so yeah. said like Dustin yeah. Dobson. Yeah. Rove, I'm terrible at. I'm awful at Rove. The Skulls of Sedlick, yeah, and they they don't have any, they have a reprint running right now on Kickstarter. Yeah, um, I backed the last two that they just put out. I I love them. I usually just back them at the three dollar print and play level, and then just print them off. I got a whole 
somewhere, a whole card box just full of of the 18 card games. That's um, awesome. Yeah, my my go-to though is Universal Rule. Um it is it is a 4x game packed into 18 cards and the actually 17 because the 18th card is like the bonus card. So you only have 17 planets and the mechanics of the game force the ending to happen. Like you can't elongate it and because if anybody tries to like put a bunch of points up, then they consume a lot of one thing that hat. So you have to attack them and, uh, I have all of it and I just, I love it. My uh, crew at my old office, man, we, that we played that game to death because it's just, you can't help it. It's so much fun. I think it's crazy. Like from a design standpoint to design a game that is so effective and so good with 18 cards. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing to me when I play these games, I'm like, oh my God, like the way that your brain has to work to, because a lot of board games are big and they're sprawling and there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of pieces because that's what Kickstarter is. That's what Kickstarter has created, like these deluxified. And then you have on the opposite side, Button Shy, who's like, no, we're just releasing 18 card games. You get a little wallet. Congratulations. Yeah. We shipped it to you in an envelope, <laughs> literally like a, you know, a, a postage the, envelope. The smallest, yeah. The smallest pad of envelope you've ever seen. It is, you know, bloop. Like, well, I know that's my button shy order. Yeah. Yeah. They had that. And then what's their, and Thalion is another good one. That's a push pull two player. Avignon is a great two player game. That's another one of my favorites. Button, as soon as you said button shy, I'm like, ooh, what's your favorite button shy? Because I don't own them all. I do have Food Chain Island. Um, that's a solo game by itself. Like, there's no, I think it's just a solo game, right? Solo, it's solo only. Yeah, I have um, Ugly Griffin, Griffin Inn, which I think is solo only too. Um, I like that. I have Tussie Mussy, which I want to try because that's by Elizabeth Hargraves, I believe, yep. right? Yep. You know, before she did Wingspan. So I just admire like the idea of a woman designer because there's yeah. not as many of them um but i haven't tried it yet um i own that one as well hussy mussy's fun it's better at higher player counts that's tough for us because it's usually the two of us two player it's not that good but when you play with three or four it's it's a lot better and i got the expansion pack and it's in that box i have no idea i've not played the expansion pack yet but it's a good game. It's solid. It's it's kind of a different take on the I cut, you choose. Oh, I love that. Because instead of I cut, you choose, I see both cards. I decide which one I'm going to put face up for you to see and which one I'm going to keep face down so you don't see. And then I slide them to you and then you have to pick whether you take the bottom the card you can't see or the card you can see. And it stays in that position. You can look at what you have. Once you, if you choose the down card, you choose it, you look at it, and you got to keep it face down because it could score differently based on face up, face down, or based on what other cards you can see. So it could be like you get a point for every red card you have. Well, I don't, you know, I don't have any red cards, so I'm going to put it face down. So maybe you think, ooh, you know, maybe once that card you take it, I'm like, haha, I don't have any red cards, you know. But if I know you have a bunch, oh no, I want you to have that card, you know. It's a like I said, it's a different, interesting take on the I cut you choose mechanic, but it is a lot better at the higher player count too. Just not as much fun. My son, I played it a couple times, and I was like, uh, "This isn't a great game." But I took it to the office. We had four of us. We we're like, "Whoa, this game is great!" So, That's good to know. Yeah. Have you played Hanamakoji? 
Mm-mm. I don't even know what that one is. I never heard of that one. It is a two-player only, like, deduction game, kind of, um, but it also is area majority. So you have, you're trying to compete. There's, like, three cards that have a value of two. Um, there's two cards that have a value of three. Uh, there's a four and a five card. And you have cards in your hand, and you are trying to play different cards of different numbers and suits um, to gain majority. But you have four possible actions um, and those actions involve cutting and choosing and giving the person across from you an opportunity to select what cards they want. And so there's mind games in there too. Um, and we've played this a lot and my partner is, cannot beat me at this game almost at any point anymore. I don't, I don't know what it is. She, she won like seven games in a row. And then I don't think I've lost since. Um, it's very, very fun. It's a small box game. Um, I originally bought it from Deepwater Games, but I don't know if they have that in their collection anymore. Um, there's a, a reskin of it called Jixia Academy. It's very like anime-esque. Huh. Um, it's really good. Nice. I'll have to look into that one. I'll definitely look into that one. Um, how about a hidden gem game? A game that you don't think gets enough credit? Um, I think this game, I, I don't know when this game came out, but I've never seen anybody post about it. It's called Codex Naturalis. Um, it is beautiful. It's a very small square box game. Um, it basically is a cards playing game. So you are drafting and playing cards out, placing them, um, patchworking them to meet certain objectives. There's public objectives and there's private objectives and you get points um, as you are putting cards down and overlapping certain cards. Um, it's beautiful. It's got like gold foil on the cards. Um, my partner is much better at it than I am. Um, <laughs> that is a game she can always go for for a win. But it's really, really fun. It's a small game. The cards are really small. They're they're not poker sized. They're like those micro, you know, mini cards. I don't think a lot of people know about it, but it's really, really good. It's really solid. I think it came out a couple years ago. Hmm. No, I've never heard of it. I'll put the board game link, board game geek link to that in the show notes for sure. Um, no, I've never heard of that. And those are the games that the people when they mentioned the hidden gym games, those are what is mainly sitting on my shelf of shame right now are all the uh, games that people are like, oh, not enough people know about this game. I'm like, well, now that I know about it, I feel like I, I have to, to go get it. Yeah. And that's what's showing up uh, more and more in my mail is the uh, games from that I have to go track down off eBay or something. Cause they're not, not... not that you ordered them. You definitely didn't order no. those games. They just happened to show up. They fell off the truck. I always tell my wife, I could, like you said, I could be addicted to a lot more dangerous things than board games. Absolutely. <laughs> That's, I always say, at least I'm not addicted to drugs, you know, but, you know, she's like, well, drugs wouldn't take up so much room in the house. And I'm like, well, that's, that's <laughs> that is, that is, that is our issue. It's, it's like, it's space. We have no, I mean, I'm a reader, so books take up space. Oh yeah. Um, and I, you know, I have like probably a hundred books on my shelf that need to be read. I just keep buying them. I don't know why I just keep doing it. It's probably more than a hundred. I think I'm being really nice to myself there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And lots of board games, but it's like, you know what? Again, it could be worse. So do you know how many games on your shelf is shame? How many games you have that you haven't played yet? Mm, yeah, probably. I don't know. Um, 30, maybe 25, 30. And I probably have like 150 ish games. So, so you're hitting the 20% mark. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the problem is you keep buying things. I keep buying things, you know, <laughs> All you have to do is play one in five, and then you can buy five games. You have to keep playing one of them. 
So you stay, you maintain that that twenty percent because that's about where I'm at. It's about twenty percent. I got about fifty games I haven't played. Uh, my collection is about two fifty. And then another past guest, she has like seven hundred and fifty games or something. Wow. I mean, yeah, and then she has like a hundred and fifty she hasn't played. And so we decided that twenty percent seems about right. So when you said you had thirty unplayed and about one hundred and fifty, I'm like, that's about twenty percent. You're hitting. I think. Your- yeah. And I think I would keep a lot more games if I had space. Like if we had a big game room, I wouldn't call as often as I do. Um, so yeah, I just bought a new sh- set of shelves. I sent you the picture. It's un- still unbuilt. Yep. And so my son and I are going to actually build that and it's going to be the physical shelf. We're going to put all the games we've never played on that shelf. And the goal is to empty the shelf. I feel like that's a really smart idea. I actually kind of want to do that. <laughs> I feel like I should. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said that you kept finding calyxes on line, like for sale for cheap. And then two days later, my wife, one of our neighbors put one in the alley and we didn't get to it in time. Somebody else already took it. And I was like, no. Oh, I would have loved it. They're hot commodities. I was waiting for a long time because I wanted a new one for my bookshelf for my bedroom because my old one was getting kind of rickety. And I was like, I know they max the shelves in the house. So I was looking, looking. And there's a ton of them that come up. If you live near a city, like I live near Boston, but I don't want to be driving into Boston, double parked on some road, (laughs) taking a Calyx shelf already built down a three story walk up. So I'm looking for something that's like a little bit closer to home. And as soon as I find it, I jump right on it. I'm like, I'll be there in two hours. Like literally I, you know, messaged this girl and she got back to me that night. And I was like, I will be there tomorrow at 10 a.m. to get that. Do not sell it to someone else. I'll pay <laughs> for it. Because it's put together. You yeah. Know, put it together. I don't have to go into Ikea. So it's like, you know, the closest Ikea to me is an hour and a half away, which is pretty good. Um, some people it's, you know, a whole day trip. Mine's about 15 minutes down the road. Yeah, so you're you're in a you're in a better position, but then you got to pay full price for it. So, well, I'm telling you that that one uh, bright room is the collection Target has, which is basically like a knockoff Calyx. That's the one I haven't built yet. It's in my it's in my first floor. Um, I need to. My son and I are going to probably build it this weekend, and we're going to fill it with all the games we never played. But we're not going to tell the wife that that's what those games are. <laughs> no, See, these are just random games we've chosen from all over the house and they're on this shelf <laughs> we i take the shrink i take the shrink off of games when i play them typically so if there are a lot of games that we haven't played still are in shrink and i do that because sometimes i end up reselling them yeah. but so that's how i tell if i've never played the game before i'm like that's got plastic wrap on it <laughs> it, it needs to come off the shelf now oh man no i understand and and uh, yeah, the other thing, though, I got to say, the start of the pandemic was not good to my wallet because everybody watched the Marie Kondo, you know, if it doesn't give you joy, get rid of it. And so all the consignment shops got full of games, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, all these people were getting rid of all these board games. And I picked up a lot of them, a lot of harder to find games or games I've really been looking for, for, for pretty decent prices. Um early on in the pandemic and I'm like, now I got all these games I haven't played just sitting around. I'm like, well, but I only paid like five bucks for it. <laughs> I know. And, and that's the thing. Like I'll pick up used games too. I mean, we go to a local convention here only like once a year 
and they do an like a silent auction or an online auction. Um, and I've sold a bunch of games and I've bought a bunch of games there for cheap. I got I got Root in Shrink for $25. Do I think that I'm going to play Root? Probably not, but I did get it for $25. It seemed like a really good deal, you know? Yeah, and that's what's so interesting is, you know, I picked up at Geekway um, a game I've really been looking for for a long time. Mystery of the Abbey was a hidden gem game from a, a past uh, guest on the show, and it's been so hard to find. And I've been stalking it on eBay and I've been trying really hard to get it for like under 50 bucks. And this guy had it at flea market there at Geekway, $35. I'm like, sold. It's nice when you get that. My buddy's like, you can haggle. I'm like, nope, I want it now. Now, I haven't played it yet. Uh, still. <laughs> but I know right where it is. It's in my uh, board game backpack. Just haven't had time to play. Because you need three. You need three players. So my son's all about it. It's just trying to talk the wife into playing so we can get that third player. Um, yeah. I would say I don't buy – I honestly at this point don't buy a game if it can't play it too or doesn't play well at two. And it's – like we do play at four fairly often, probably once a month. But most of our plays are coming at two. And so I'm not even, I'm not even buying a game that doesn't play at two anymore because it's just not going to get enough play. <laughs> well, but if you know that, you know that and – Save your money and buy something else. Buy buy a different game that plays a two player. Don't, exactly. Don't, you don't save the money. You just spend it on a different. Spend different it on game. something else. <laughs> That's exactly it. Just spend it on something else. Well, Krista, I really want to thank you for being on the show today. I'm going to put a link in the show note to the board game revolution committee. Uh, I encourage all of you guys to join it. You said you just celebrated over 50,000 members on this board game page. So that is awesome. Yeah, that's right. We had a big celebration for it. So if you guys aren't in the group, feel free to join. Hopefully when we hit our next milestone, we did a bunch of giveaways, a bunch of contests, uh, gave out, I think, like 30 games, um, you know, from publishers that donated things. So I thought you were going to gonna say cellophane wrap ones from your collection. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was not eligible to win any of those games. I wish that I could have. Uh, and it would still be in shrink rack up on my shelf. You're completely correct. <laughs> so if anybody want to reach out to you, uh, how can they do that? Uh, come find me on the Board Game Revolution community Facebook. Um, I'm a moderator there. Come there. Um, I don't really follow like my Twitter. I don't have like a board game Instagram or anything like that. But <laughs> feel free to come and join. You can tag me um, and we can we can have a conversation. Awesome. And as usual, if you guys want to reach out to me, it's facebook.com slash groups slash eatlunchandboardgame. Website's eatlunchandboardgame.com. And email is eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And remember, board games build When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.